Good morning, pile. 7 o'clock, Jim and Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Thanks for joining us. Got Mav Day later on, brought to you by Cutler Craft Coffee and Beer. I want to swing by there today over by the CMU campus right there in Glenwood. Grab yourself a cup of coffee. All Colorado brands, of course, over there at Cutler Craft Coffee and Beer. So we have a busy show this morning. Yeah, we do. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll talk with Jeff Johnson, coach of the uh, Fruit of Monument uh, girls basketball team. They have a big one with Montrose tonight. Last year, Wildcat girls lost down the tiebreaker to Durango for the league title. But uh, playing some really good basketball right now. And uh, Montrose always, of course, a, a huge contender when it comes to uh, the Southwestern League title chase, we'll also talk with Red Ox coach Steve Skiff coming up uh, in the 8 o'clock hour as well. Also, Central Girls off to a really good start. Uh, they're undefeated in the league play, and uh, we'll talk with Mary Doan, the Warriors coach, coming up uh, later on. Also, of course, as I mentioned, Mav Day with uh, CME men's coach Mike DeGeorge, women's coach Taylor Wagner, and men's wrestling coach Mike Mendoza. So, Text or call us on the uh, team line today, 970-242-1340. So the, the, the question today, we'll find out, and he'll find out, most importantly, he'll We're find out. We're all going to find out. He'll find out later on today. Todd Helton into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, there's been debate for a long time. There's a period I was uncertain. Wanted Todd to be there. But then you look at the numbers and you look at the analytics. Todd Helton deserves to be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in Cooperstown. Agreed. And there are going to be those that are going to criticize playing at altitude, those kind of things. But you look at the numbers for Todd Helton. And in the early 2000s, he was one of the best first basemen in baseball. And it's interesting that, you know, one of the metrics, you know, that comes out is the, the, the WRC plus numbers for Todd Helton. And that it's the road adjusted numbers. Okay. His numbers away from Coors Field put him on par with, First baseman in the Hall of Fame. There you go. And it's it's interesting that that 2007 run, he almost wasn't part of it. He all, if the Rockies somehow could have found a way to get to the World Series without him, he might have been facing them. Because the Rockies, in December of 2006, came very, very close at the winter meetings to trading him to Boston. It was the one team he said he'd be willing to go to, and there's no trade clause. He did make the comment to Dan O'Dowd and, and the Rockies brass, winning someplace else will not mean as much as winning here, but if you're going to make the move, that's a place I'd like to go because Boston was, was set up to win. Can you imagine... Can you actually imagine Todd Helton facing Colorado 
in the 2007 World Series, assuming Colorado gets there, which right. I would argue they wouldn't without Todd Helton. Yeah, it, Todd was was coming off a year where he hit 302. I mean, the average was good, but the home run numbers were just 15 on the year. There was the feeling that his numbers were declining. They also, there was $90 million left on his $141 million extension. And so part of the, initially they talked with the Angels. And owner Artie Moreno, Casey Kochman, Sean Figgins, Eric Ibar, those are the players that were being mentioned during the winter meetings in Florida that, that Helton would go to the Angels for those three players. And then the Angels got cold feet. There was concern about Helton's age, the decline, the, the, the contract. And, of course, later, <laughs> oh, the Angels with with what they, you know, what money they spent later. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But um, but they, but then the Red Sox and owner John Henry had an interest and, and Helton said, okay, if you're, if you're going to trade me, I, I would go to Boston because they're, they're in a position to win, to get to the World Series. Right. And I would be okay with that. And the deal would have been Mike Lowell and uh, Julian Tavares and then the Rockies have to eat $28 million of his remaining contract. Which, let's be clear, eating $28 million worth of a contract is the Rockies' way. Yes. That's, that, is, that is Colorado Rockies baseball right there. Eat money? Sure. Tastes great. Less <laughs> filling. Wow. You're, you're going way back on that one. I know, right? Yeah. And, and so there was the discussion about that. You know, just the, the Angels thing with Albert Pujols. I mean, they were, they were unwilling to get Helton, but but they they also got Pujols when he was more in his prime than when Todd would have gone there at age 33. Yeah. So anyway, the, there was prospects that the Rockies wanted that the Red Sox were, did not want to give up. And so that kind of forced, that, 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 that allowed the whole thing to fall through. Mm-hmm. And good thing that it fell through. Rockies, of course, went on the incredible run, 21-22, highlighted by, by probably still the moment the most of us remember, the sweep of the Dodgers and the role that Todd Helton played in that. One and two, Holiday at first. Todd drives one high and deep right field. Get up and get out. Helton has done it. The Rockies win it. Todd Helton, the walk-off two-run shot. Colorado has swept the Dodgers. Eighth time on a walk-off win for the Rockies this year. Nobody's enjoyed it more than that guy. How about that? Pitch Todd Helton with a no doubter. He knew he got it. Yeah, watch Helton too. You don't see this much emotion. You think he isn't in the middle of this pennant race thinking about this and thinking about making a difference? And he did. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, Clint Barmer said, look, Helton's the heart and soul of the Rockies. Uh, of every team that, that Barmas is on with Helton, Helton was the guy. He was the Todd father. 
and it was one of the most incredible runs in, in baseball history, 21 to 22. It went from fourth to, to winning the pennant. And, and Helton played a role in that, a, a big role in that. And so now he'll find out later today whether or not he gets in. And if you go to the Hall of Fame ballot tracker, right now, updated as of, let's see, earlier this morning, Adrian Beltre's got 99% of the votes, the ones that have been counted, that are already counted. And I'm trying to see here the number of ballots that have been counted. Uh, 194 public ballots, 12 anonymous or unaffiliated unverifiable ballots percentage of the ballots is 53.6% that we know right now with ballot tracker of those that have put it on social media, whatever that they've said, here's who I voted publicly. For. Yeah. Publicly. Here's who we voted for. Adrian Beltre, 99%. Joe Maurer, 83%. Todd Helton, 82. Number 75 is the threshold. And he was 11 votes shy last year. Billy Wagner, 77.7. And you got Gary Sheffield just on the outside looking in at 74.8. So we're, we're not there yet. It's not mission accomplished. It cannot, it's not touch them all time yet for Todd Helton, to quote Jack Corrigan. <laughs> but it's looking good. It's looking very, very promising. So if you Which some, you don't get to hear very often when it comes to the Rockies. Right. And looks course, promising. Colorado yeah, Rockies. Hey, you sure about that? Yeah, it's looking looking good right now for Todd. It's looking good. And so if you got some thoughts on on Todd Helton going to the Hall of Fame, does he get in? Certainly. This this is no guarantee. It's all encouraging. From Ryan Thibodeau's website, it's encouraging. And that's how we have to view it right now. But he'll find out later today. If he goes into the Baseball Hall of Fame, he'll join, of course, his old teammate Larry Walker as a member of the Colorado Rocky Inn at Cooperstown, New York. But but think about what what might have been if the Rockies make that deal and they send him to Boston. Well, here's your your answer. They don't make the World Series. I don't think they do either. I I don't think they do. I, I think Helton was such an emotional leader and that home run was huge and they swept the Dodgers that yeah, I don't, I don't know if they get there. I don't as talented as they were. I don't know if they get there. Well, the leadership of Helton who, you know, that year, you know, put up some, some good, really good numbers. He had, so he had 17 home runs. It wasn't great. Troy Tulowitzki hit 24. Matt holiday had the huge, he was the guy that, that's the guy. Offensively kind of, and he was on base when Helton hit the two-run shot. Holiday with the, the 36 home runs that year. He had 137 RBIs, but, but Todd drove in 91. Wasn't bad. He hit 320. Holiday hit 340. Woof. Willie Tavares, sneaky good year as God, well for the Rockies. Name. Brad Hopp. I forgot about Willie Tavares. Brad Hop drove in 116. Good Lord. Yeah. He had 116 ribbies that year. Tulo had 99. Garrett Atkins. Remember how bright the future was with Atkins and Hop oh and my Holiday God. And, and Garrett Atkins drove in a... He had 25 home runs and knocked in 111. 
But from an emotional standpoint, I don't know if they get there if Helton's not there. Because he was the Todd father. He was He was the guy. The guy, the catalyst for that team. And and so if you got some thoughts about Todd Helton going to the Hall of Fame today, just looking at the pictures, but you names it just Ubaldo early on. Oh yeah. Jason Hirsch. Rodrigo Lopez, Taylor Buckholz. I mean, guys, you're going, Franklin Morales. Names, you're just going, I haven't thought of those guys in years. I know. BK Kim. Back in the day. BK Kim. Yeah. So, for Todd, if you're a Todd Helton fan, and a lot of us are, and Todd's gone through some rough patches after baseball, some DUIs. He's now been working with with Rockies minor league players, and it seems like Todd's kind of got things back on track. I've I've had the chance to meet him twice, the privilege of meeting him twice. A very quiet, reserved guy. Guy can tell does not like them. Did not like the media. Did not enjoy that aspect of it. So was that- not was not a jerk and was not rude. Could just tell, I not my thing. I don't enjoy this. You think that might be part of the reason why he hasn't gotten in yet? Uh, I think it's more the Coors Field stuff. It's the altitude stuff. But I, because I don't think he's ever been crappy with the media. He's never been had a contentious relationship like Bonds did or Schilling or others. Right. At, at times, I, I think it was more the the altitude impact, the Coors Field effect on on voters with Todd Helton. I don't think Todd was ever ever had a contentious relationship. He just, he was always, the two times it was when one of them was he did the rehab here. Another time was when he had, I don't, and I think he's now sold it, but he was part owner of a car, a car dealership and rifle. And he was there and it was kind of a surprise thing that he was there, but I'd, I'd heard about it. So I drove to rifle mm-hmm. and I'm like, Hey, can I, can I talk to you for a few minutes? Because he really wasn't, wasn't doing any press stuff and people didn't really know about it. And he was kind of surprised that anybody from the media knew about it. Yeah. And, and he, he agreed to do it. He was, he was kind of reluctant about it. I mean, he like said he was, he was never a jerk. He was never, no, I'm not going to do it. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. I'm like just 10 minutes. If you can give me 10 minutes. Yeah. That's, that's all I need. And it was not, I, I softballed it. I wasn't going to ask him any, anything real, difficult right and and he was gracious enough to do it and obviously he did a, a, a mass press conference when he did a rehab assignment here in grand junction with the the, the gj rockies but um but I, yeah just always you know class guy very quiet and just tell that that's for some people it's just not their thing they they don't like being interviewed they don't like the spotlight but also the spotlight is part of it when you are one of the greatest players in your team's, you know, history, that does come with it. But, um, you know, like I said, the, the, the two encounters, one was more of a press conference kind of situation. The right. other was a one-on-one with him. And um, and I just uh, just felt like, kind of part of me is like, I, I kind of, I feel for you, man. This is not your thing. Right. I understand that. And you can tell some people that's just not their, their thing, but uh, was always uh, very kind, very gracious. Uh, in interactions, at least the, the couple times I had with him. Uh, who's on the, the team line right now? Sam and Fruita checking in this morning. Okay, good morning, Sam. How are you? 
Jim Davis, I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing well. Um, the, uh, the, the Todd Helton clip there really brought back, uh, some fond memories of when, uh, when the Rockies were relevant for a short period of time. Um, I, I hope Todd makes it today. I do too. Uh, he certainly deserves it. You know, with hockey and, and, uh, NFL playoffs and everything else that's going on right now, I hadn't been paying any attention to the Hall of Fame balloting. So I wasn't really sure what was going on. I just hadn't taken the time. That's why we're here for you, Sam. That's why we're here for you. I appreciate it. Well, you know, the one thing that I was curious about, I was listening to uh, the the group on the morning blather before you come on, and they spent about 15 minutes talking about uh, who should make the Hall of Fame this time and, and everything. And I was listening fairly close, and... Uh, I didn't hear Todd Hilton's name mentioned at all. Uh, I guess maybe that's because of the East Coast bias. Is there because to him he's an irrelevant name in their world? To, to, to us, Todd Hilton means everything. To them, he means nothing. Unless he played, unless he would have got traded to Boston or he played for the Yankees or or something like that. So that, that's fine. You know, they can they can have their their bias. Joe Mauer to me is a Hall of Famer. He was an incredible catcher with with the Twins. Adrian Beltre is a hell of a player. Um, Billy Wagner is one of the great closers. But, but Todd Helton is also one of the, the great first basemen uh, defensively, one of the, the all-time great doubles hitters in Major League Baseball history, and uh, I, he deserves his day, and hopefully uh, that day will come July 21st when he joins Larry Walker. Anything else sounds today, like, Sam? Sounds like he's got a good shot at it. This year. I hope so. It's looking good, Sam. It's looking very promising. You guys take care. Great to hear from you, Sam. Bye. All right, bye. There's Sam from Fruita today. All right, we got to get to... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow with cybersecurity, backup and disaster recovery, surveillance, and you can install a new business phone system. Call ComWest today. 970-242-8142 970-242-8142 or go to comwestcorp.com. Laid it off with what we've been talking about, and that's, of course, today. Rockies great Todd Helton hopes to hear his name called as the Baseball Hall of Fame announces their 2024 class. The former first baseman came up 11 votes shy of induction last year, but the Hall of Fame ballot tracker is Helton on pace to join former teammate Larry Walker in Cooperstown, New York. The 50-year-old Helton needs 75% of the vote for selection to the Hall of Fame. If he's voted in by the Baseball Writers of America, he'll be inducted July 21st. He played his entire career with Colorado and helped to lead the Rockies to the 2007 World Series. Colorado Mesa guard Mac Renneker will need more shelf space this season for the fourth time this year. Renneker is the RMAC Defensive Player of the Week. Friday against Black Hills State, he recorded 10 rebounds and three steals. And on Saturday against South Dakota Mines, he had three more steals and three blocks. He has seven games with three or more steals this season. And is atop the RMAC in steals with 40. He is the conference's reigning defensive player of the year. The Fruit of Monmouth boys basketball team Looks to extend their 16-game winning streak when they host 11-2 Montrose tonight. The 16-0 Wildcats are coming off weekend wins against rival Grand Junction and non-league foe in Battle Mountain. The Red Hawks knocked off Eagle Valley behind 30 points from center Caleb Ferguson. Fruto Monument coach Michael Wells says he has a ton of respect for Montrose coach Ryan Voringer 
expects a battle from the Red Hawks. He'll always have something for us that, that maybe is a little different than we expected, and he'll make it difficult for us, so we've got to be able to adjust early, and, and it's another one of those games similar to Junction. they got a dominant big guy, and I think the team that, that plays at their pace is probably the one that's going to end up being successful on it. And Crosstown rivals collide on the court tonight when Central hosts Grand Junction. The Tigers end of the game 10-4 and overall in boys play, 0-2 in the Southwestern League. Warriors are 8-6 overall. They're 2-0 to start out league play. Grand Junction's led by big man Will Applegate, who's averaging 11.8 points per game. Central coach John Sedanich says guarding Applegate's a priority, but at the expense of leaving others open. You know, they do try to run things through Will, and very opportunistic. Their guards seem to hit big shots when they need them, and it's a tough balance. You know, you have to slow Will down, but you also can't leave guys open like Declan. It's going to be a fun game and new challenge every week. So I've covered tonight both uh, Montrose uh, girls and boys teams at uh, Fruto Monument and uh, also both Grand Junction teams at Central tonight. It's our full court coverage brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. Our pregame starts at 5 o'clock tonight. Girls tip it at 5.30, boys at 7 on the team sports network. And also last night in the NBA, 76ers center Joel Embiid scored 70 points last night. That becomes a Philadelphia 76ers record, surpassing Will Chamberlain by two points. Remember when he scored his 100-point game, they were the Philadelphia Warriors, not the 76ers. So oh, that's where people go, right. oh, he scored points. Different franchise. Different era. Same city, different franchise, because the Warriors ended up moving, of course, to San Francisco. But Embiid uh, last night was 70 points against San Antonio. How about that? All right, Nets. What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help today, call ComWest, 970-242-8142. Up next, we'll talk with Fruit Monument girls coach Jeff Johnson on the Jim Davis Show. It's a good show. By the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Fruta Monument Girls basketball coach Jeff Johnson on the team. And Jeff Johnson's brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Jeff Johnson joins us on the team line. Jeff, good morning. How are you? Doing great. Uh always a great day wins game day oh absolutely of course you have montrose at your place tonight we'll talk more about the red hawks in just a moment but uh, your basketball team uh, playing really good ball right now you've won four straight after that uh, three-point loss to chatfield and uh, taking care of battle mountain uh, on on saturday after that win that league opening win against grand junction Let's see what you give up 15 to the tigers 18 to battle mountain uh, what was the secret sauce defensively in those two games? Because you, you did a sensational job keeping both those teams under 20 points each night. Uh, the big thing is just being consistent on the defensive end. We've been pushing that um, the second half of the season. is we got to be more consistent. Because um, if you look at our game against Chatfield, I think we had a quarter where we gave up 22 points, which was almost half their points for the game. And, and we got... Be consistent. That was that's what we're preaching. Um, and they came out the last two games. And like I said, we were very consistent on the defensive end. What's the thing you've liked defensively? Interior defense, what you've done on the perimeter, all of it. What What's the thing that's been the thing that's uh, pleased you the most in terms of uh, making progress on the defensive end? Um, taking pride in guarding our. We use the term guarding your yard, uh, and so we're we're asking the girls to take more pride. Yeah, you got the help side, but. Do your job, and then if you do have that one mistake, two mistakes, we're stepping over, helping out, and just helping each other off 
of uh, potential drives. Um, and so it's, it's really the opposite of when you shared the ball on the offensive side and we're, we're sharing the responsibility on the defensive side. Liv Campbell, uh, Addison Air, they, they continue to have great seasons scoring the basketball. Uh, Mackenzie Mason, though, from a three-point standpoint, uh, she had a, a good weekend shooting a three for you, and that certainly opens up things for, for both Liv and, and also for, for Addy uh, if uh, Mackenzie can uh, stretch out defenses a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, she loves that corner three, um, and, and I love that shot as well as a, as a player back in the day. Uh, and so uh, when she's hitting those, uh, it just makes life a little bit harder because now you got to close out hard to her. And, and she's good enough to go around you as well. So, Well, it's Montrose tonight at your place, and uh, S- Steve's team coming off a, a victory over uh, Eagle Valley. And you look at uh, you know where they're at right, in terms, right now in terms of their scoring, and you got Macy Oberg, who's one of the best players in the league, uh, the league's leading rebounder. Uh, she's averaging 7.8-point rebounds per game, uh, almost 14 points per game. Maggie Legg is in double figures. Uh, Tegan Rocco has played really, really well also for uh, for Steve Skiff's uh, Montrose Red Hawks. Got three players in double figures. Who do you try to take out of the equation first? Because that's that's a tough order with all three playing as well as they are right now. Right. Uh, it, it's kind of picture poison. Uh, and so uh, Montrose, that, that's a good problem that they have there as well. We got They got three girls that can score at any time. Um, and so we, we just got to know where uh, the shooters are, get them off that three-point line, make them drive, and once again rely on our help defense um, and kind of pack it in. Uh, with their bigs, uh, they're, they're really good at sharing the ball. Um, they do a lot of side pick and roll. Uh, so we got to be on our A game on the defensive side. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruit of Monomy Girls basketball team with us on the Team Sports Network. And, and I know you played some really good competition teams like Chatfield, Jeff, but Montrose always seems to be like a, a very big measuring stick for, for any team, particularly in the Southwestern League. And, and tonight, you get another evaluation of, uh, of how far your basketball team has grown. Yeah, you know, because uh, I want to say their top rank is 13 in the 5A, and we're right there in the 6A. So, I mean, it's, like I said, it, it's a great measuring stick for both programs. Um, and it, it's game day. You know, you got to go, go beat a rival. Um, they're they're going to be one of the top teams in the league. Uh, so we got to get go out, get that statement win tonight, and let everybody know for this Fruit is on the proud to get uh, to hang a banner this year. We missed out just by a few possessions last year against Durango, but uh, the girls are hungry to uh, get their first banner uh, with me as their head coach, and I know they they would love for that. But more importantly, they want to get that banner back at Fruta. Yeah, seven and one last year, and came up just short uh, with with Durango taking the league title last year, and and certainly uh, that that league title chase uh, also goes through Montrose and. And you have the Red Hawks at your place tonight. We'll have coverage. It's full court coverage on the team tonight. We'll have uh, both uh, Montrose uh, teams at Fruitland Monument, also both Grand Junction teams at Central tonight. Our coverage starts at 5 o'clock with uh, girls action at 5.30 on the team. Sports Network brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm. Jeff, we'll see you tonight. Appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the rest of the day. You too. Take care. Jeff Johnson, coach of the Fruitland Monument girls basketball team. I believe Montrose right now fifth in the RPI in uh, 5A. Fruit of Monument's 13th in, in 6A right now. So a couple of uh, teams playing some really good basketball. And for uh, Montrose, uh, of course, they had the win against Eagle Valley, but uh, 
looking to, to get back on track in league play after that loss to Central. So uh, we'll talk to Steve Skiff, uh, Red Hawks head coach, coming up at about uh, oh about 8 o'clock this morning. We'll also have Central coach Mary Doan in the 8 o'clock hour as well. All right, 7.30, Wyatt Thompson will, will join us a little bit. Got some thoughts about Todd Helton. Is he going to be in today? Is he going to go into the Baseball Hall of Fame? Do you feel like this is the time for Helton in his sixth year? For Larry Walker, it got down to the 10th the year, got down to the final final you know, chance there for, for Larry Walker to get in. I like to think where, where people have had a, you know, and, and maybe this is where this is where analytics helps Todd Helton. For those that want to you know, gripe and complain about analytics, this is where analytics says, yeah, they, he played at altitude. But also, but with park adjusted numbers, if you look at where how he performed elsewhere, those numbers are with with the adjustment in terms of analytics, his numbers are on par with players in the Baseball Hall of Fame. And that, like I said, that's where, where analytics can be an advantage for the candidacy of somebody like a Todd Helton. So if you got some uh, predictions on that today, you can send it to us on the team line, 970-242-1340. All right, uh, Wyatt Thompson coming up in a couple of minutes. Let's uh, go ahead and jump into sound check this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. We talked about it yesterday, the passing of Larry Zimmer, longtime Colorado sportscaster here in state. 52 seasons worth of buffs and Broncos and all manner of sports casts here in Colorado. Mark Johnson, current voice of the Buffs, the uh, successor to Larry Zimmer, posted on the Buffs TV YouTube channel a tribute to him. And here's uh, not the whole thing, but here's a pretty good portion of it from Mark Johnson. There's one of the iconic calls of legendary voice of the Buffs, Larry Zimmer, Rashawn Salam, surpassing 2,000 yards on his way to a Heisman Trophy in 1994. Nobody did it better. When Zim was at the mic, all of Colorado felt as if they were sitting in the stadium along with him. On Saturday night at 6.15 p.m., Zim passed away at the age of 88 years old. He was surrounded by his loving wife, Bridget, and his entire family, and all of Buff Nation mourns. Zim at heart was a journalist, and so it was all about the facts. So let me tell you the story of Larry Zimmer, the broadcaster. I'm Larry Zimmer, and uh, back in my uh, 42 years of doing Buffalo football, we have a lot of good memories. And what I thought at the time was a signature victory for Coach Bill McCartney. When it was all said and done, Zim was involved in either play-by-play or commentary duties for 50 college football seasons, 42 with CU and 26 seasons with the Denver Broncos among his many assignments throughout a seven-decade broadcasting career dating back to his college days at the University of Missouri. At CU alone, he was behind the microphone for 486 football games, 22 bowl games, along with 525 men's basketball contests. That adds up to 1,011 overall games. Now, we had the number game yesterday, and just want to be clear that number game yesterday was including his Broncos games. So, Correct. So we're 
all on the same page. But yeah, if you want to go like, check it out. Yeah, Mark was obviously talking about his time as a Buffs broadcaster. As a Buffs, just just for the Buffs, which is still on its own. Incredible. incredible. But then you add in the fact that, oh, yeah, by the way, he was also the voice of an NFL team for decades. You know, there the the workload that Larry Zimmer took on to be that good at both and that iconic, I, I mean, that's, you can't top that. You really can't. No, you just an incredible broadcaster, incredibly nice man. And as mentioned yesterday, we, we had him on our program uh, a few times over the years and was always gracious to come on. And um, just we, we've lost one of the, the great voices in Colorado broadcasting history with the, the passing of Larry Zimmer. All right. Uh, 735. Jim along with uh, Cake from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. Wyatt Thompson coming up in just a couple of minutes. Talk some college basketball and probably mix some little college football with uh, Wyatt as well in just a little bit. Uh, coming up next hour, Montrose girls coach Steve Skiff. Also, central coach Mary Doan as well. And I don't know if we've got a caller. Cake, do we have a caller? Apparently, he's on the phone with somebody. So what we will do is we'll go ahead and take a break. And uh, Wyatt Thompson coming up in just a couple of minutes. You uh, have, still have plenty of time to text in today. Todd Helton will find out later today if he'll go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Will the caller need something? What? Well, it was, it was Mike from Scottsdale, but I told him we had to get to Wyatt Thompson, who Mike says Wyatt Thompson reminds him a lot of Larry Zimmer, which is okay. a very high. But, high. I, but Mike, please, because Mike obviously listened to Larry Zimmer for years being a Buffs fan. Do want Mike to call back. We don't want to we want him to call back at he, some point. He will. He will. Very good. Mike, please do, because I want your thoughts about uh, the passing of Larry Zimmer. We will take a break. Up next, Wyatt Thompson, voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, our college football and basketball insider, joins us next on the Jim Davis Show. Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking college basketball with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson. On the Jim Davis Show. He's the voice of the Kansas State Wildcats. Wyatt Thompson joins us. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Now, I have to remember, I, I know that you knew Larry Zimmer I'm trying to think, were you at KOA when, when Larry was still there? I'm trying to remember if your paths crossed, if you were still worked together any period of time. Yeah, it, it's kind of an interesting thing, and I'll give you the short version of a long sure. story, but Larry was still teaching at uh, CU and was going to try to um, retire at KOA, and that's kind of when I was afforded the option or the opportunity to go there. Um, and Don Martin at the time said, uh, you'd come in and be the sports director replacing Larry Zimmer. And I looked at him kind of funny. He goes, I know you don't replace Larry Zimmer. (laughs) (laughs) And it's, and it's absolutely true. Um, certainly saddened by his passing, uh, probably in a better place. I understand he was not very good the last couple of months, but, uh, I will tell you this as a, as a friend and as a mentor, um, probably as good as anybody I've had at Bob Davis at Kansas, same way. Those guys were really, really good to me. And when I uh, was kind of doing the CSU, CU stuff, uh, Zim couldn't have been better, man. Great, great, great human being. What were maybe a couple of things that that Larry Zimmer taught you, Wyatt, that has stayed with you to this day? I think probably just consistency. You know, 
when you do this for a living, that's what you want to be above all else, right? Other than maybe professionalism. Sure. Um, it just, just be the same every day, uh, on, on and off the air. Um, he, he then had, uh, you know, just a, just an amazing career. And I, I think one of the things that, that he also taught was, you know, being humble is a great thing. You know, he, he worked with the great Bob Martin, who I loved, uh, in my early days, uh, in my first job, um, out in Northwest Kansas. And that's kind of how, that was kind of my first real introduction to, to Martin and Zimmer and 850 KOA and those kind of things. And, and it always has stuck with me. <laughs> you know, I, when, when I, um, I get emotional talking about this a little bit, but I remember when, um, my boss in Fort Collins called me in and said, Hey, you're going to Denver. Um, and that was one of the great days of, of my life because it was, it had been, so, it's been a goal for so long, you know, and, um, I, I couldn't have accomplished any of that without many people, but especially Larry Zimmer. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, for me, Larry Zimmer, I, you know, listening to, to him do the Broncos games with Bob Martin, uh, and, yeah. and, and Mr. Martin did not, unfortunately never had the chance to meet him or talk to him. I, we did have Larry, uh, we were, we were blessed to have Larry on the program uh, a few times over the years and just what a, what a fine gentleman, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it invokes memories for me too of, uh, of, you know, Martin and Zimmer calling, calling Broncos games at first Super Bowl and, and some of those things. So you're, you're, you're going to get me a little bit misty here, partner, <laughs> and you're going to get me, well, a, it's, get me a little yeah, emotional and, about that. And you too. know, that, you know, it's hard to lose guys like that because, and, and life changes, uh, the business changes, you know, TV has changed to a degree, the, you know, the, the radio play-by-play guys and the regard in which they're held, you know, but in Zim's time, I think, you know, you think about, I mean, there, there was a time there when I first got to Colorado that he, he, <laughs> he was the Broncos and he was the Buffs and he was 850 KOA and all of those kind of things. And, oh my gosh, it was just, you know, so thrilling to, to, to learn from him. And, you know, I, I talked to him not on a daily basis, but I, I, if, if I had questions or whatever, he was always so gracious with his time to, to help me to, to get better, but to, to do, you know, my, my work, uh, in Fort Collins too. And I just always thought that was pretty special. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're talking with Wyatt Thompson, our, uh, college football and basketball insider voice of the Kansas state wildcats. And, and speaking of your wildcats, um, you know, looking at uh, the NCAA uh, website, the, the power rankings right now, uh, Kansas State not ranked, but uh, they have regarded the Wildcats as really starting to come around here, Wyatt. Uh, just, the, just the one loss, and, and, and so for Kansas State, uh, those that, uh, that write for the NCAA website feel like Kansas State's back to being a, a contender in the Big 12. Well, I think that's well said because I think they are, but that can change quickly in this league. I mean, they, they, they're 14 and four, uh, four and one in the league tied at the moment, uh, with tech for first place. KU won last night at home against Cincinnati. They'd be just a half game behind at four and two, but you know, this is, this is life in the big 12. K state leaves today, plays tomorrow night in Ames. They're ranked 10th in the net as I looked yesterday. Then we play an 11 a.m. game in Houston on Saturday, and they're number one. Welcome to the road in the Big 12, right? So Absolutely. Y- you hope you hope you can just um, you know survive. And here's the thing, though: you ask about K State, and what I would tell you is, is um, 
Coach Tang's done a really nice job with this group. They've, they've certainly improved, especially on the defensive end. Probably still have a ways to go on the offensive end from, from our perspective. But uh, in a exceptionally strong league, you know, they're, they're right there. I don't think they have to take a backseat to most. And that, that's a good thing when you're talking Kansas, Houston, Baylor, Texas Tech, on and on and on and on. I mean, you look at, you know, Baylor, you know, they had the buzzer beater loss, uh, you know, to Texas. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they're, they're still playing really good basketball. Kansas, you mentioned they bounced back after they had a – you mentioned how also how difficult the road is in the Big 12. They had the loss at West Virginia uh, for uh, for Bill Self and, and, and the Jayhawks. And you got Oklahoma that picked up a, a couple of wins, uh, you know, this last week. And so it continues, like you said, to be, be really, really tight in the Big 12 right now. I don't think anybody – I shouldn't say anybody, but a lot of people kind of fluffed over that – Oklahoma win at Cincinnati on Saturday. Um, Cincinnati has, I know they lost in Lawrence last night, but they have been like, frankly, the other three newcomers, probably better than everybody thought they were going to be in year one. I, I think that can be said uh, first and foremost by UCF. I, I think most people thought they were going to be bad and maybe only win two or three conference games. Well, they've already beaten Kansas. They've already beaten Texas. So welcome to the league. And then you've got Cincinnati and BYU. Uh, (laughs) You know, you'd be crazy to not think BYU is one of the real fun surprises in college basketball this year with what they've done. They make 11, 12 threes a game. They're fun to watch. They're packing the Marriott Center. Um, You know, I've lived that life before. You know that um, out in the Mountain West days. And they're, they're good there. And, you know, they're good everywhere, but they're really good at home. And then there's Houston, and I don't know if you've looked at their defensive numbers, Jim, but I mean they're just—it's just they're stifling, especially at home. But they—they've too been popped a couple times on the road, so it's not a crime losing on the road in this league. That's a fact. Interesting that the newcomers didn't exactly have the kind of uh, start to Big Twelve playing football that they were hoping for. But boy, basketball—you're right. I mean, it's—it's yeah. uh, it's an entirely different story with with the success BYU's had. Obviously, Calvin Sampson and Houston. We, you know what you you know what you're getting uh, coming from you know from the American when they decided to join the, the Big Twelve. That's a, a perennial you know Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight team uh, for for Houston uh, with uh, with Calvin Sampson at the helm. So it is interesting how they were better prepared for basketball to be a contender in, in year one than they were in football. And they've just hired Willie Fritz, who is a fantastic football coach. He's the guy who pretty much turned Tulane around, um, has some Kansas ties. So I've known about him for quite some time. I thought that was a great hire. They really closed quickly in recruiting this year. Uh, their class was nothing to speak of at all when Holgerson was fired. Um, I, I don't know that they saved the day, so to speak, but to have a month to do what he did was pretty impressive, and they will only get better. But up on top of that, you know, I think BYU saw that, you know, they probably weren't as good as they wanted to be, and yet they competed at a, a decently high level. Um, I think, you know, I was totally impressed with the skill set of UCF in football. They, they were really, really good. So Cincinnati's probably the one in football that has the, the longest way to go, but, you know, they also had a coaching change coming into the league and stuff, too. So, I'm not giving up on them. They, they've, they're in a fertile, pretty fertile recruiting ground there, so they'll they'll improve. And then you got the others coming next year, and you, we know all about CU and Utah and Arizona and Arizona State too. 
Is the, is the Big 12 ready for Coach Prime in the circus that it's going to be next year? I mean, are they, do they do they fully comprehend what that's going to be like next year? Or next I'm season, I'm not trying I to say. be funny in any way, but does anybody really yeah. know? I, I don't mean, think Colorado I mean, knows half the time. I don't, th- I don't think Rick George and, and the Buffs Athletic Administration are entirely prepared for what, what Coach Prime does day in and day out. Well, I, th- I think what we're, what we're saying here, and not necessarily trying to be funny, is, is he is one of the more unique personalities in sports. Not just today, but ever. Is that fair? That is very fair. I mean, I, I, yeah, and, and I don't think there's anybody that follows the league and, and or has followed him and you know this past year that doesn't think that he's going to continue to recruit, recruit like crazy. He's recruiting to a great place. Um, if he's there long enough, and I think that's everybody's question, um, will, he, will he hang around? Will he take another job? Will he go to the NFL? Uh, who, who knows? But uh, And he's lost some staff. Uh, let, let's see how it goes here in the next couple of years. But I, I, I want to say no. I don't think everybody's really that tied in yet to what he's going to be all about. Because if I'm being honest, I don't know that we know exactly. Sure. You probably have a better feel of that than me, really. <laughs> I, I'm, and I'm not sure. I mean, we follow yeah. pretty closely, yeah. and I'm not sure. I'll guarantee you this. There's no quarterback in the Big 12 that's been on a runway in Paris. <laughs> Except the well, the guy's coming in next year in Shadur Sanders, who's uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. That, that well, he's probably that might not be the only thing you'll be saying here uh, before his career is over with. Uh, uh, unique athlete, electric athlete. Oh no um, doubt. And they, but they, yeah, they, it, it's pretty simple to say that they beat to a different drum, but it's it's really it's really ab- absolutely true. And and of course getting. Colorado and basketball, the way the Buffs are healthy now, and they're they're playing really really yeah. good basketball right now uh, for Tad Boyle. Back back to for a moment. Uh, UConn, uh, you know, they're number one. Purdue's number two, and uh, but but North Carolina and number three right now. You just get this feeling that North Carolina, they're they're going to make a push for a number one seed. It just feels that way uh, with North Carolina, doesn't it? Well, they have a guard. Uh, who's as good as most, that helps. And then when Baycott decided to come back, you know, they don't grow big guys like that on, on trees, as we all know. It's kind of like money. And to have those two guys uh, has kind of vaulted them, you know, into a little different category. And give Coach Davis some credit, man. They've they've uh, taken on all comers here lately. They Wake had been playing really well, and they kind of handled him last night. I, I think they will be dangerous come tournament time. R.J. Davis is really good. He's oh my god, he, he might very well end up being, he might end up being the player of the year in the in the ACC. Thirty six last night, uh, career high yeah. thirty six. He's playing really well right now for for Coach Davis. Maybe nobody in the land playing with more confidence. He is just a shot maker, right? I mean, and in every way, all three levels uh, on the floor, he can score. Then. <laughs> they don't make them every day either, right? No, 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 no not yeah. at all. Not at all. <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll step away from, from college sports for a moment to get your predictions for this weekend. Obviously, no okay. no wagering here or anything like that. This is just right. Wyatt Thompson saying so-and-so is going to face so-and-so in the Super Bowl, and then we'll let you pick who the winner is when next time we talk on Tuesday. Okay. Well, uh, as far as the Super Bowl goes, 
Let's let's start with the NFC. I'm very intrigued by the game. I'm intrigued by all games, but this one is intriguing from the standpoint of I think the 49ers are on most given days are as good as anyone or better than everybody. I don't know if you would agree with that thought process or not, but they were a little bit fortunate this past weekend. But I do think you have to favor them against Detroit just because it, Detroit's a great story. I'm thrilled for them. Um, <laughs> they, uh, they are very solid offensively. Um, just don't know if they hold up over 60 minutes with that defense against that offense. We'll see. So I'm going to take the Niners in the NFC game. And I've kind of struggled back and forth here for a couple of days on the, on the Chiefs and the Ravens because the Ravens are so physical and tough. Um, but, but do you really seriously bet against Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson? I don't know that you can do that. So I'm going to say Kansas City and probably admit to you next week that I was wrong. How's that for a prediction? <laughs> sure. There I like it. Very good. And also yeah. one, one quick final thing here, Todd Helton, we hope to get good news for Todd Helton today uh, to go into the Baseball Hall of Fame. I know you, you still love the Rockies, follow the Rockies. Yeah, yeah. Keeping our fingers crossed for, for, uh, for 17 today, aren't we? Well, we are, and, and I'll say this. In my time covering the Rockies, uh, you couldn't find a better person. Uh, I think he belongs. He definitely belongs, and I hope he makes it. Uh, couldn't happen to a better hitter and a better guy, I think. He He's a big-time hitter, man. He, like George Brad, he could hit in a snowstorm. Oh, no no doubt about that. That's, that's a great comparison. <laughs> hey, hey, Wyatt, always appreciate the time. Uh, safe travels. Have a great call. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it, bud. All right, take care. Wyatt Thompson, Voice can State Wildcats for College Football and Basketball Insider. I, I was just going to say, he's. I love how he admits he can be like, eh, We'll see if I'm wrong next week. But I, but I might be wrong. <laughs> might be so, wrong. You know, I, I might be wrong. That's that's the humble nature of Wyatt Thompson. Definitely uh, some of the Larry Zimmer rubbing off on on Wyatt, no doubt about that. All right, uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2 on the Team Sports Network.